I hate the word toxic now. I, I used to like it, like when it meant like toxic waste or <laughs> toxic fumes. Like, I'm pretty sure that's how toxic became the word. Yeah, like, and it was clear and concise. Now everything's toxic, like my friendship, my voice. <laughs> just kidding. But you know how people just use it for like everything? Like, oh, I can't, can't go there. It's such a toxic atmosphere or I can't. I, I don't think it's how... I think the issue is how people use it that I think the word is fine. Well, I just think people use it too much nowadays. Like every, well, yeah. Like trigger. Like everything triggers me. Yeah, trigger's hard too. Trigger, See? toxic, those are two ones, two words. Maybe we can find another word. Like that atmosphere sick. is really... <laughs> sick. Is really um, terrible. Dumpster can fire. Can we just use terrible? No, can we do dumpster no, fire? that one's old. That one's... Everything's a dumpster fire. That one already went past. It's gone. <laughs> It's no longer around. Trash heap. I feel like that's in the same same vein as rubbish. Okay, yeah that that atmosphere is rubbish. I like it. Nice. Welcome to Shoot the Breeze, a podcast that celebrates the messiness of life, relationships, and Christianity, featuring my wife Lacey and myself, Nathan. It's creatively titled because it will be just us shooting the breeze, uh, sometimes with guests, while occasionally saying something important. We hope you enjoy. Like it or not, <laughs> here we are. Here we are. <laughs> Which I'm guessing you like it because you push play. Yeah, this is on you That's for That's on you, exactly, right? <laughs> this is your choice. <laughs> everything everything here mm-hmm. is on you. Mm-hmm. I'm going to move this back. You can't move it. You may have moved it. Well, yeah, because you were talking quietly. So here's... Ladies and gentlemen, if you're watching, I'm going to talk to you for a second. The camera, or those listening, I'm going to talk to you for a second. Lacey and I... don't care about tech stuff. No, hold on. They will. <laughs> they don't. <laughs> Lacey and I have a wonderful marriage. Um, Everything about our marriage has been amazing and magical over the last few years. Um, There's one thing consistently in our marriage. Just one. That will not change. Mm -hmm. And I foresee it never changing. That's good, honey. I'm glad you've reached that point. I'm settling. That's mature of you. Thank you. Mm -hmm. And that is my wife's inability (laughs) to have a monotone (laughs) when recording. I'm sorry. She, (laughs) (laughs) the editing that goes into making her voice consistently the same volume, hours. Aw, there you go. Poor guy. There you go. Good Poor job. guy. Anyways, that's so. If what you're watching, what if do we have here? If you're watching the video. Oh, what is this? You will see me moving. <laughs> her what do we got? Because she's incapable. It's a little of mini this. violin. I just found it for you. It's playing. My heart bleeds for you. <sighs> Cries. Gosh, honey, I wish you just wanted to create such a rubbish podcast here. <laughs> Um, so we're back, and uh, this year has been early, what, late, or I should say late 2022, so December-ish, and early 2023, early January. Um, one of the things that God laid on my heart, and as you and I were talking on our hearts, um, kind of individually, was this idea of dreaming again, of not just of new things, but things that you and I had 
put into the ground, tied to a tree. You, that, you know that. I get it. Okay. Um, that we've, we've killed, essentially. And I think it's one thing, it's easier to have initial dreams. I think it's more difficult to resurrect dreams that we thought were dead. Would you agree with that? Somewhat, yeah. What do you what do you think? That it's easier to have new dreams? It's easier to have yeah, new dreams than it is to resurrect old ones. I think it really I don't know if either is easier per se. For me, my experience <laughs> is it is easier to have new dreams because everything's brand new. You don't know what to expect. Uh-huh. Whereas resurrecting dreams, to me I'm like, uh, but is it I already know kind of what I'm getting into, and I don't... Don't you think that's part of your personality, though? Like, part of the way you handle things? Apathy? (laughs) Yeah, I'm being serious. Like, yeah. Like, isn't that a go-do to you? Like, if you feel like that dream has already died, or you've already laid it down, or you don't have it any longer, do you feel like it's easier? I mean, I guess you just admitted it. It Mm -hmm. is easier for Mm -hmm. you just to move on than it is to possibly re-examine it with the chance of being disappointed again right yeah and that's that so that is maybe my struggle um disappointment your, really yeah <laughs> oh shocking <laughs> just mind blown, mind blown. <laughs> no i for me it's not easier or harder i think it's the same it's really easy for me to dream actually it's um It's easier for me to dream, I think, than it is, like, new dreams, old dreams, resurrection dreams. It's easier for me to dream than it is for me to um, keep pushing through when Mm. things don't work out. Yeah, or if they look differently, or if they feel too big, or if I feel like God isn't blessing it. Yeah, so you, no, you are a dreamer, like, you tend to have a lot of vision yeah but less on the follow-through <laughs> <laughs> i just get overwhelmed yeah i bite off way more than i can chew yeah and then life catches up with me and i'm like oh no i this is ridiculous i can't do all this and so then i either settle or completely stop pursuing it um Okay. I so, feel like I've gotten better. Like, I feel like yeah. it's not as black and white as it right. has been in the past. But but to have people, to be able to identify with people, let mm-hmm. us put us in boxes <laughs> so that we can, we can kind of... But I mean, is that... I don't know. I don't think we need to put ourselves in boxes as much as in the discussion of dreaming... It's just thinking through what that looks like for you and how you how you pursue things, pursue dreams, pursue um, sac- like sacrificing your dream, not sacrificing, mm-hmm. but laying down your dreams or um, putting them on hold. Like, I think we all do that in different ways, right? <clears throat> yeah, I tend to, like you're saying, get overwhelmed and then... I shut down and 
like the conversation we were having this morning where I was curling up underneath the sheets because <laughs> I just wanted to hide because mm-hmm. it just seems too big. And I think, um, and then it seems too big. And then I think of all of the practical ways or practical things that we have to do for it. And then I want to shut down and then I don't want to dream. Great example is talking about restarting this podcast. I immediately think of all the things that I have to do for it and how much time that takes up. And then I don't want to do it because I want to do other things. Not even I I enjoy this, but it's like, okay, I I get overwhelmed easy. So what made you decide to do it anyway? Because... I mean, reality didn't change. It's still, it's going to take you yeah. time. It still took you time to settle. I think like, it's, what? I think it's trusting that, uh, it, oh, it, oh, to, this is part of the answer is I also am like a one shirt forever kind of a guy mm-hmm. that, uh, okay, we started the podcast, podcast forever. <laughs> and then we felt both you and I felt like we were done with the podcast, podcast dead forever. <laughs> <laughs> and then toward the end of the year, you and I talking, start up the podcast again <laughs> so the one shirt forever comes from a comedian who <laughs> jokes about that which it's kind of like an inside joke for people that have ever listened to this comedy <laughs> this, this comedian comedy, this yeah. comedy guy this comedy guy <laughs> <laughs> um so i think i tend to be that that one thing forever this is how it's going to stay forever like and things don't change that's me and so i think Part of dreaming to me is is that it's dreaming means there's going to be new things that I have to do, new problems that I have to tackle. I don't like that. I want to be able to conquer and tackle the same problems and be done and then do that one thing forever. (laughs) And so um, I think so, like starting this podcast, part of it was obedience. A huge part of it is obedience. Am I doing what I feel God has called us to do? And I think the last year, so kind of in the interim of, of when we stopped the podcast to now, that's the biggest thing that God's been working on my heart is just listen. Just listen to him and do what he's asking you to do in the moment. And I think that's probably if I could sum up the last year for me, um, would be that. I think for me, the reason I have trouble moving forward with dreams is if they're anything less than what I've imagined them to be, if they're not perfect, mm-hmm. if I can't make them perfect or whatever I think is perfect, mm-hmm. then I, I feel like I shouldn't do them. Like if they're yeah. less than the ideal, because then I'm not achieving what I imagined or what I strategized mm-hmm. for. And so I've already strategized it, so it won't work out any other way. So why even why even try? <laughs> I have the one way, and it's not working out that way. Yeah, I'm done. There's this old quote, and it's um, it was said by a um, general, and he said, you know, you don't go to war, you don't go to, you know, you don't go into battle with the army you want. Mm-hmm. You go into the battle with the army you have. And it, through the years, I've thought about that one a lot, and I've it's kind of worked on me in that. So many times we have these visions of what things are supposed to be that we don't take reality into play. Like, Mm -hmm. 
then it, when it comes crashing down on us, when reality crashes down on us, we're like, oh, well, this still can't work out because all these other things aren't perfect. Right. And I think if you apply that concept and go, well, you, you might not be going into this with what you want, but you still need to make yourself go into it with what you have. Mm -hmm. And I think that that mentality has helped me to stretch myself, to, to not strive for perfection as much as um, for growth. Where do we get that idea that we everything has to be perfect before we start it, or everything has to work out perfectly? Where does that come from? Uh, performance, like wanting to be approved of. No, but as a Christian, like as a Christian, performance, <laughs> wanting to be approved of. <laughs> but where where does that come from? Like, how did that come into the Christian culture? Performance. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's a, it's a lie, obviously. It's a lie no, from I the know. enemy, but it's, it's upheld in everything. Like, it's held, upheld in so many systems that you go through. You, but I, I think, because I'm thinking through as we're talking and developing plans and we're, the working out of those plans, um, take Jesus, who was crucified before the foundation of the earth. He did not pick, I would argue, the people to see this big idea plan, the kingdom of heaven grow throughout the earth, he didn't pick the best people for that, the most strategic people. No. And so you see his life, you see the gospels and read how messy they were. He's constantly correcting them mm -hmm. lovingly, but constantly correcting, right? And I guess that's maybe the, why has that been maybe specifically you and me, why has that been our struggle of we want to dream, we've dreamed before, and it seems like or it feels like none of our dreams have worked out, and why, um, I don't know, why do you think we've struggled with that? And where are we now? Like, I don't, know. I don't think we're there anymore. I don't think we believe, I don't believe that our dreams haven't worked out. I'm mm -hmm. not. Do you believe that? I would say so. Hmm. You know, I don't mean it in a pessimistic way. I don't. I mean it as in, no, I don't think our dreams have worked out. What? You're like rubbing your mouth. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't, I'm not saying that necessarily as in a pessimistic way, like, well, well, our dreams haven't worked out. I'm saying it as our dreams haven't worked out how we've defined them. Maybe that's the, a better way. I think sometimes we give shape and form to something that the Lord hasn't released us to give shape and form to. Okay. Like we, and not just us. I mean, I think everybody does this where you, you do get an idea of something that you're supposed to walk in obedience for. And so then you kind of like, because we like to know it all, like we're like 10 year olds, like we want to <laughs> know the next everything. We can't just let it be. We got to fill in the places that don't have, form and so it's like well the lord gives you let's say the lord gives you a, a desire or a dream to be a speaker and you know that it's mm -hmm. him you know he's releasing you in that and so then you start to fill in the unspoken mm -hmm. in that dream whereas i don't think sometimes we're supposed to fill in that place yet i think that sometimes there's a seed put in our heart 
And as we walk into obedience, we're supposed to let the Lord fill in that picture. Yeah. And I think that's why there is something to be said for holding dreams loosely. And there's this tension between walking in faith with your dream, Mm -hmm. stepping out in risk, and then holding loosely what it's supposed to to look like. So Mm -hmm. it's like, let's say, you know, you are called to be a speaker, okay? And so you put in your mind that you're going to speak before church or you're going to speak before large crowds. And all of a sudden, you get a chance to speak in your kid's class on your on career day, mm-hmm. you know, and you're like, whatever, you know, I know the subject I'm talking on mm-hmm. and it won't be the kids and you don't even associate yeah. it with moving forward and speaking yeah. to people. You go and you do it. I think it's easy for me to do that in ways where I make this plan about how things are supposed to look where the Lord's like, no, no, I've given you this opportunity to grow in this thing that I'm giving you or Mm -hmm. to step out in this thing I'm giving you. But if it feels too easy for us, if it feels too beneath us, if it feels too casual to us, you know, or not big enough, then we don't value it Mm -hmm. for what it is. You know? Mm -hmm. (coughs) I think, um, right. Uh, and I, 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 I'm trying to think of what to say. Um, <laughs> so, okay. So going back to our example. Okay. Yeah. So, and I am thinking through, um, so, cause some of the dreams that you might've struggled with. Um, so moving, um, moving mm-hmm. and establishing a new ministry, mm-hmm. we really didn't have a, a, a clear plan, right? right? We had an idea and we had a destination. And I think that um, five years ago when we moved, that maybe our destination was a little bit more clarified than we were admitting, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, as to far as far as what we valued. Mm-hmm. And I think that as um, the Lord has spoken to us and worked in yeah. us the last few years, our values have changed to align more than more with his yeah. than with what we originally valued. Yeah. And I would, there's a couple ways I, I was actually thinking about that this morning. There's a couple ways that I know for me that is. So I was actually thinking about some of the dreams we've had early on and if they had been fulfilled immediately, I don't know if I would be as willing to follow the spirit in more risky ways that I have this year. Right. Um, Also, the team that we have um, had, had our vision, had our dreams been fulfilled early on. um, The team that we have today, I feel like are an amazing blend of spirit filled walking out of practical stuff, mm-hmm. right? Um, and again, I don't know if we would have that. And I don't know if I would trust my team as I trust them today. Had things Right, and I think we've on. went through... Sorry, I cut you off. No, you're fine, um, yeah. We went through so many seasons of just perseverance, mm-hmm. right? Of just sticking with it because we had <laughs> nothing else. Mm-hmm. And I think those seasons have taught me um, a 
a steadfastness that maybe I didn't have before mm-hmm. and a um, lack of a need to control outcomes. I think this, I think what it's taught us is lifestyle. If I could sum it up in one word, mm-hmm. I think it's taught us lifestyle. That's the one thing you and I keep coming back to is we want a ministry based in lifestyle, not these grand one-offs. Highs and lows. Yeah. yeah. That I would maybe, yeah, that's the word I would put to what God's, I think, brought us to is sustainable lifestyle. Two words. Sustainable lifestyle. That, one word. Um, right? That's the one th- common thing we keep coming back to if this is not sustainable meaning if we can't sustain this and I don't mean big things I'm talking about with our girls having dinner at a reasonable time (laughs) being able to hang out with friends you just like you're just gonna rub it in my face that we ate at 8 30 last night aren't you (laughs) you (laughs) you brought it up I said nothing (laughs) um (laughs) Right. That's that I think is maybe the thing God's taught us is we had these grand schemes, Mm -hmm. which wouldn't necessarily be sustainable and kind of re God refocusing our our shift to are we building a sustainable ministry? And I don't mean I hate sustainable is another one of those words. Um, Are we building a, a ministry that is lifestyle oriented or are we building a ministry focused on programs and events? Right. Is that what it, at least that's what I feel like it would be. What it would have been. I don't know because that, I don't know if programs and events is the right word, but I think a ministry focused on us mm-hmm. and what we want, then being able to let the Lord form it and shape it into what he wants it to be. Because if, if it's something he's forming and shaping, then it will be sustainable. It will be something that we can right. live. Right. right. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast. This is one of the many resources we make available for free at our website, cultivaterelationships.com. Our resources have helped people grow in their relationship with God and others. Uh, we've seen people set free from uncontrollable anger and paralyzing fear. We've witnessed estranged family members be reunited after working through our freedom booklet. We've helped people build healthy relationship and coping habits through our coaching videos. And all of these resources are made available for free because of the generous support of people like you. If you would like to become a partner, please visit cultivaterelationships.com support. Now, I hope you enjoy the rest of this episode. What my mind is going back to um, years ago. I don't know. I think I was 16. Mm-hmm. Um, our church did this study and it was back in the day when it was kind of everybody, everybody's church was doing the study and it was called experiencing God. I think Blackwell mm-hmm. was the name of the, um, the author. Mm-hmm. Um, we do have that resource on our website. <laughs> and it's an, it's an oldie, but a goodie. It is. And it the is. thing I love about that resource is he talks so much about how we have this idea of what's God's plan for me. What does he mm-hmm. want for me? What is what uh, me, 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 you know, my calling, my dance, mm-hmm. my song. And his point is that, no, God has things he is doing 
It's not about, yeah, he loves you. Yeah, he called mm-hmm. you. Yeah, he gifted you. But when some we can sometimes forget that for the sake of pursuing our calling. And mm-hmm. this is where the value issue comes in is because then we associate our value has to do with walking in our calling and achieving our goals mm-hmm. to get to where we want to be. And when we do that, that becomes this this line of thinking that is performance based. Yeah. And so, so many times we can get that when we have a dream or have a vision that only takes us and needs us mm-hmm. or involves us and we're fulfilling our calling or we're walking our giftings. And that's beautiful and wonderful. And I'm not against that at all. What I'm against is when we obsess so much about if if we found it, mm-hmm. if we're doing it, if my dream is going to come to pass, mm-hmm. because um, we, we tend to miss at that point, And this was his whole point in the book is we tend to miss what God is doing. Mm-hmm. And if you want an easy way to know what God is, to hear God, to hear what he's t- saying, to work with in your calling, an easy way is to see, look around you, see what God is doing and jump in. Mm-hmm. And um, that idea was just revolutionary in my life because I know when you're a teenager, I think I was like 16 at the time. You're desperately trying to find out like what you're supposed to do with the rest of your life and what your gifts are. And, you know, how do you survive outside your family? And, and so I think at that point, it made me start to, to look around a little bit. Mm -hmm. And, um, I've, I've carried that with me for a long time when I get stuck on that idea Mm -hmm. where it has to be me focused um because it's not about it's shocking but it's not about me (laughs) um it is about what god is wanting to accomplish and he he uh, he invites us in to partner with him in that isn't that incredible like we're able to partner with him in what he's trying to accomplish but I'm already approved of. Mm-hmm. I don't have to take that into the equation. Yeah, you're what not, I'm doing or you're what not, I'm trying to accomplish. You're not serving him to gain the approval. You're serving right. him from a place of being approved. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, how's it actually? Okay, so I'm teaching a Genesis class, one through four, and um, I'm awestruck by... Um, God gives Adam the responsibility to give identity to the animals. So when you, in the the Old Testament, when you name something, you give identity to it. Um, And so God says, Adam, I want you to organize the garden, uh, bring it to order, and name the animals, give them identity. And And it, as I was teaching the class, I was like, I mean, these are part of my notes that I developed, (laughs) but I was like awestruck again. I'm like, oh, this isn't God's not inviting us like me asking my daughter to help me change a tire. Like, oh, good job. (laughs) You know, and then I'll fix it afterwards. You know, he invites us and he knows it's going to be messy, but he he genuinely wants to partner with us. Um, Not like we add anything to to him. Like he he doesn't need us, but that desire to genuinely partner with us, not not ask us to do something and then be like, all right, I'll fix it later. Um, we always joke in my family that it's when you let the toddler pour the sugar in the batter. You're like, good job. 
whoa, yeah. look at you. <laughs> Didn't you add so much? Yeah. No, but it, like from what I see in scripture, it's a genuine partnership. But again, it is not God inviting us so that hopefully we gain our identity through it and our, our approval and purpose through it. It's no, you're you're my son and daughter, and I would love to partner with you to see this accomplished. So you see it in the garden with Adam, you see it with Abraham, you see it with David, Solomon, um, the disciples. Um, that it's a massive weight. Now, obviously, all of this is with assuming being led by the Spirit, right? Like being partnering with the the Holy Spirit. Um, but I think you're you're right, and I think that's hitting on something that how many times do we do something so that we, man, just want to, hopefully, I can make God smile today. Mm-hmm. Like, he's this... I was just thinking about that. That was <laughs> yeah. in my ministry school, which I talk about on a I, prior podcast. <laughs> I actually heard I actually heard someone say it recently. Oh, yeah. And we um, and it wasn't a healthy place, but they'd always say, oh, don't you want to make God smile? Like, by your performance, by doing something, don't you want to make him smile? And... I, it's like he's, he, it's like he's, uh, what is it, Cowler on uh, America's Got Talent or something like that? Simon Cowell. Simon Cowell. How God's just like. <laughs> just grumpy. All right. That was- I never looked at it that way. I looked at it as don't you, don't you want him to love you and approve of you? Mm-hmm. And um, to me, I was always like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I got to do these things so mm-hmm. he loves me and approves of me. So when he looks at me, he smiles. Mm-hmm. And I think when you take that out of the equation, you take the idea that anything I can do brings um, approval he didn't previously have, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Because he does approve of me. He does love me. I am his daughter. And that picture of a child that um, it was really sweet. One of my girls today was doing schoolwork in the other room and she just looked up and smiled at me, and I smiled at her. I said, oh, do you need something? She goes, no, and just smiles at me. And I was like, I love you. Like, I just I love her, and I'm proud of her. And she didn't do anything. She just I, she just caught my eye, and mm-hmm. I just was looking at what a beautiful young woman she is. And I'm like, I love that kid, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And I think that we forget that's how God sees us. So we come to him, and we're like, hey, Dad, there's this thing I want to do. He's not going to be like, you better do it right or so help me. <laughs> you know, like that's, mm-hmm. it's not, it's so easy for us to take that approach with him and, yeah. and be like, oh, I hope I get everything right. <laughs> <clears throat> it, okay, so um, this makes, connects in my brain. Bear <laughs> <laughs> with me. I feel like I'm on a long journey. I'm getting on a long journey. Um, no, we've been we've been talking about uh, in our cultivate gatherings, um, our ministry gatherings, how how to read the scripture through through Jesus' eyes. How did Jesus read the Old Testament scripture, and um, kind of how did he draw cross references together? And just some some of it pragmatics, but most right. of it is just getting to the heart of it. And um, I think our view of God. Uh, and even what we read in scripture, the things that we find, the characteristics of God that we find are based on um, kind of our own lenses of experience and what we've walked through. And it reminds me of that, of how, you know, these ministry leaders, the schools that you would went or the school you went to, 
just how much pain and trauma trauma is another trauma. one yeah <laughs> the toxicness of their life um, <laughs> the toxic place it was uh, so like how their unresolved past influenced how they perceived god then influenced how they ministered and then it influenced how they taught others to minister oh yeah for sure and well this is a fun little leadership fact for everybody here is your unresolved issues will will carry down into whoever you're leading whatever the leader capacity is whether that be your children whether that be someone you're discipling whether that be somebody you're training your unresolved issues will Mm -hmm. carry down and so we ended last this last one um talking about so we have to resolve Mm. our issues now i did not say get over i did not say just hunker down put it in a box (laughs) genuinely resolve these issues put in a box very deep (laughs) these circumstances with the holy spirit Mm -hmm. um so this next ministry gathering which i don't know when this is published it may or may not be go to our teaching section and you'll you'll see the teachings but i think that's the point that's the that's the thing of um all of what we're talking about is are we are we doing things for God? Are we doing things to gain His approval? Are we doing things um, so that look how look how amazing I am because I have some deficiency in my identity? So I need to make sure the dreams and plans that God's given me, I gotta fulfill them and nail them so that people know like I'm I'm amazing. Important. I'm, I'm important. Yeah, um, and. Then uh, <laughs> when it when it comes down to it, whether whether you're in whatever vocational ministry, full time ministry, or you work as a mechanic or a roadway engineer or a salesman or whatever, am I doing what the father's asked of me? Am I am I walking in step with the Holy Spirit? Mm-hmm. Right? Isn't that Right. The bottom line. That's the bottom line. And I think... Um, I mean, do you, Jesus didn't call a bunch of rabbis. Yeah. You know what I mean? He didn't. <laughs> Quite the contrary. <laughs> I, I mean, to the, to the doctorates and seasoned professionals, um, he, he selected men who would not have done well educationally. Right. Mm-hmm. Because that was, I mean, not that there's not value in that. And I, but I think it was because it was the antithesis of the culture of the time, you know, to, at the time to. Um, it, it was showing the heart of the father <laughs> in, in that. <laughs> and um, I'm glad I'm glad in modern day we've changed that. We don't have to have. <laughs> OK. No? Okay. Um, if you're watching the video. I my, try to unbury you, and then yeah. you just start taking the shovel. You're like, I got it. <laughs> I got it. I come, listen, I come to conversations with a bulldozer. <laughs> and you, like, hop out in front of it? Like, <laughs> you're like, here, drive this. <laughs> got it. Um, okay, so. Let's see. Are those the questions oh, I said you should write earlier? Yeah. <laughs> if you're... Um, watching the video or listening he has a piece of paper with nothing on it it has the the time
if you're talking to someone who's like, yeah, I feel like God's given me a lot of dreams, but you know what? Over the years, just, you know, one thing led to another, and, uh, man, just we're just really busy right now, and just not the season for us. We're just not in the... Um, yeah, it's just not for us anymore. We, we've kind of moved on from that and we're just hunkering down to, um, you know, just to want to see our kids graduate, healthy marriage, and we'll just be fine there. I guess what encouragement would you give someone who in the deepest parts of their heart, there's something there? I know, I feel like they know they're missing and definitely know our Heavenly Dad is like, oh, there's so much more for you. I said, where do they start? I think you start by um, <laughs> meeting with the Lord. I think honestly, and I don't say that, um, I think it's impossible to have an intimate relationship with the Lord and not dream. Mm. I think it's impossible mm. because he is, you know, the harvest... The harvest is plenty mm. and the workers are few. And I think that when you get close to him, you start to feel his heart. Mm. And his heart are for his, his kids. And so, I mean, it's like, even if that dream is as simple as, you know what, I used to work in children's ministry and it was really overwhelming. He might be breaking your heart open again for those kids mm -hmm. to serve them on Sunday mornings. You know, mm -hmm. like it doesn't have to be these dreams that mm -hmm. feel like you're going to have to move and sell everything <laughs> and restart your career. That's the, <clears throat> I think we assume a lot of times what dreams are supposed to be. But I think that as we pursue the heart of the father, that he we we start to get excited for the things he's excited mm -hmm. about. Do you, <laughs> do you think uh and we, we've heard that we've been in church and ministry for a while, a couple of years. Um, do you think, and we've heard this, how it's like, I'm afraid that if I tell God that I want to dream again, he's going to make me be a missionary to Africa. So funny, <laughs> poor Africa. People that are mission, I'm going to say this real quick because everybody always says that. <laughs> I'm going to say this. People that are missionaries to Africa usually love it. Uh, yeah. I have met more missionaries to Africa that are like, I really wish I was still in Africa. So yeah. I just don't feel like you should knock it yeah, right. So you I try know. it because Africa is a pretty cool place and it's a continent. So there's a lot of different places in there. But anyway, um, a wide swath there of is culture. A, definitely a lot of <laughs> options. But um, I think the idea that God is going to give you a dream that you hate mm -hmm. shows that there's a disconnect between how um, there's some unprocessed issues between mm -hmm. you and how you view the Lord. Because, um, like, I, like I said before, and I'm just going to repeat it, the closer you get to him, the more your heart is going to reflect his heart. Mm -hmm. And then those, those things he's asking you to do will be a joy. They mm -hmm. won't be, they might be hard. They might be a stretch in your faith, but you're going to have as much excitement about it, you know, as, as he has for you to go and do that thing. Can I ask you a personal question? Depends. Um, so I'm just thinking through a number of conversations that you've had in, sorry. Oh, personal. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you remember when we were with a, the traveling ministry and, um, the plaque that you saw on that mm -hmm. one family's wall mm -hmm. about being a mom. Um, 
and then how a couple of years ago, uh, I told you to be more at home and homeschool and stuff. Right. How do you, um, how do you balance? I thought this was a dream, but I feel like it's so much harder than what I thought God was going to give me. I think um, when, so I'll, I'll tell you the backstory because it's, it's something that is pretty dear to my heart. But back um, years ago, I am the oldest of a bunch of kids and I had a lot of experience with kids. And so when I left home, I was just like, eh, done with kids. <laughs> and I just, I was, I was done yeah. and I had zero desire to have kids. And so then Nathan and I get married and he's like, perfect. I can't have kids. And we're like, that's great. And so we went skipping off into the sunset <laughs> and, um, it's basically first few years of marriage, just skipping. And, um, <laughs> so anyway, I'm a few years into our marriage and I'm not, probably not even that long, but um, I was at this place where there's some kids and they had this room and it was really sweet. It was like a little Anna Green Gables kind of farmhouse room. Mm-hmm. And on the wall was this prayer that the mom had written for the kids. And um, it basically was just it, she had printed out a, a prayer that she had for her children. And I read that and immediately the Holy Spirit just broke me and said it is an important job to be a mom that it is an important Mm. role and until that point I had just like meh like it just does not (laughs) sound like something I wanted Mm -hmm. to do it didn't sound interesting it didn't sound like you know being a mom is like so basic you don't get (laughs) no one's like oh look it's a mom isn't that amazing doesn't she have all the gifts and the talents like they pretend on mother's day but nobody really thinks that like it's so when you have to buy yourself the gift yeah exactly or you tell your husband what you bought yourself (laughs) this (laughs) like being a mom is not really celebrated as investing your life wisely And so I had went along with that idea until I read this and the Lord just spoke to my heart. And so all of a sudden I was left with this reality that I wanted to be a mom now and I couldn't be a mom. And so that was really hard to walk through. Like, okay, Lord, why would you, why wouldn't you just let me stay hard (laughs) in this issue? Mm Because my hardness was a protection for my heart. In Mm -hmm. our seasons of infertility, it felt like that would have protected me, not this raw desire. So eventually, though, um, we ended up being able, and I'm really summing up a lot here, but we eventually were able to adopt, and I became a mom. Well, then, (laughs) if you all know, then I'm the last one to the party, then that's on me. But I really didn't know when I, we adopted that there's definitely special issues that come about in adoption, Um, just that kids from hard places, kids Mm -hmm. that experience trauma... Even if that trauma is as little, and I say this tongue in cheek, as being taken away (laughs) from your birth mom Mm -hmm. and given to a new mom right at birth, which Mm -hmm. I don't know why people assume that that's not traumatic, but it's super traumatic. Um, Uh, Because it's not God's design. Well, yeah. and (laughs) That's why it's traumatic. I I know, I'm I'm joking. um, Just in case there's any question. Right, but I didn't know that um, our kids were going to face different challenges. And therefore, as a mom, I was going to face unique challenges because I signed up to be like 
normal mom. Like, I didn't sign up to be <laughs> a special mom. Like, I didn't want to have, like, special mm. skills. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> Just basic skills. Yeah, I didn't want to know, basic like, Starbucks skills. what supplements you could should buy for your kids for high anxiety. I don't want to know that stuff. Like, <laughs> I didn't want to know how to, like, field parent-teacher conferences every other week or special message chats with teachers. Like, I didn't want any of those skills like I just wanted to be able to raise kids and so you know in the past 12 years um my mother my motherhood journey has been unique Mm -hmm. um and it has been stretching and you know to get back to your question it's like I had this dream and I think I filled in what it was supposed to look Mm -hmm. like instead of letting God fill that in. Mm -hmm. And I think that in our dreams, reality is where faith comes in Mm -hmm. and believing that God knows me better than I know myself. And I think that's the prayer of encouragement that I have for myself, which I do pray encouragement or myself all the time, (laughs) just to get real. Um, And it's God, you have chosen me Mm -hmm. to be mom Mm -hmm. to these kids. So I have what I need. I have been fully equipped Mm -hmm. to be who I am to Mm -hmm. them. Mm -hmm. And along with that, it's, um, there's a bigger picture that I'm going to have to trust you for in Mm -hmm. this, that I might not see, that I don't know, but there's a bigger picture in all of this Mm -hmm. that I'm part of. And I think for me, because I never wanted to be part of a big picture. I'm not someone that ever wanted to be part of a big picture. I want to be the picture, <laughs> you know, and it sounds terrible and it is terrible. It's really prideful. But um, yeah. I didn't want to be, I didn't want to be part of just something the Lord was doing. And I think you that, wanted to be the thing. The, the thing the Lord was doing. <laughs> right. And, and so I think for me where that, that place of reconnecting my dream to reality is faith mm-hmm. that I don't have the whole picture yet. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. And do you feel like God's given you words of encouragement along the way of who you are as a mom to the specific kids that he's given us? I think I'm going to say this before I get into that, but um, I think the other thing with motherhood, we we're talking earlier about how I'm more of a like, I like seeing things happen immediately. Mm-hmm. Like motherhood's a marathon <laughs> and I'm a sprinter for mm-hmm. sure. I'm, I've always, I was sprinter. Like remember in elementary, I would like beat all the boys, the sprints. And I would just be like, yeah, but the marathons, no man, I am not doing that. Are you kidding me? I'm not going <laughs> to run for a long time. That's just <laughs> no. And, um, and so in motherhood, you know, you have a terrible day or you have two terrible days or you have an entire year where you're like, I'm glad that year is done. Mm -hmm. And so that concept of I'm not doing this for short term results. Right. It is long term um, discipline. It is long term discipline Mm -hmm. of me in this role. Um, so to answer your question, has God given me words? Yeah, of course God's given me words. Um, I think I used to want other people to give me the words, <laughs> and which is nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. Like, 
Um, and I still do that. I still want other people to pray for me or I have people pray for me, but I've gotten bolder and being like, mm-hmm. Lord, I need a word today. Mm-hmm. Right in this moment, mm-hmm. I need a word or these kids are going back to school and because <laughs> I homeschool. So I'm like, and or I don't care if they don't do math. I don't care. It doesn't affect me. Mm-hmm. It doesn't affect me if they get their math done. You know what? Funny enough, it doesn't. My life won't be destroyed by an inability to get a job and support my family. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it will affect you if they're continuing to live at home. Oh, on contraire, they, they won't. <laughs> but I mean, just that whole like, like I, I am going to come apart mm-hmm. if I have to listen to one more person yell at me today. Mm-hmm. There's not even that many people in my home. There's and a lot. <laughs> There's at least seventeen. I think. <laughs> feels like it. <laughs> I think there's 17. <laughs> but I think the idea of um, just being okay with being like, Lord, I need you to tell me your thoughts on this. Mm-hmm. What do I do right now? Like, simply, what do I do right now? Mm-hmm. And I think he's he's been so faithful in that moment to answer me because I get, I used to think that I could only ask God for the big stuff. Like, God, give me a dream, right? Like, that, I need a dream. And then... I can't bug him again until it's done. <laughs> so until I get these kids raised, then got that. Wow, dream. yeah, like <laughs> thanks for my get my dream, Lord. I guess I gotta figure out yeah. how to live it out. And but that's not his heart. I guess what our conversation seems to be swirling around is this idea of expectation and um what we like mi- like our misdefined expectations misdefining and um the verse that has been coming to my mind um as we've been talking is Seek first the kingdom of heaven, and all these things will be added unto you. And I don't mean that as like a coffee cup verse, something you just read. It's seeking first the kingdom of heaven. What is the kingdom of heaven? The kingdom of heaven is a place of peace, a place of rest, right? Jesus says, I've come to give you an abundant life. Um, my burden is easy, and it's light, like all these characteristics of the kingdom. Seek first the kingdom of heaven. Seek first the kingdom. Um, I think the biggest thing about the kingdom is in the kingdom of heaven, Christ is reigning and victorious. Right, right. Yeah. So how do we approach our life with the mindset that Christ is in charge mm-hmm. and victorious? Mm-hmm. Like, how does that how does that play out in the day to day? I think it's exactly to what you prayed. I need a word for this, God. I need a word for this relationship. I need a word for this fight that I'm in. I mean, I need a word for this person. <laughs> I need a word for this. It, it's, it's, I need your spirit to be with me right now. Um, basically praying if I, if I'm reading a bit into your prayer, but how Jesus says, I only see... I only do what I see my father doing. I only say what I hear my father saying that that's, isn't that our prayer? 
God, I need a word for this person. I need a word for me. <laughs> Give me your eyes to see. Give me your words to live that out. And and I think that's the seeking first, the kingdom of heaven, right? It's it's that. And um, I, th- I think the verse goes, seek first the kingdom of righteousness, maybe. I think righteousness is in the verse. But righteousness is that right living in how we were designed relationally to live with others. And that is to be lived out in step with the Holy Spirit, moment by moment, which is what Galatians 5 talks about, walking in step with Spirit, with the Spirit. So, if the Spirit is stepping, and He changes course, am I walking with Him enough to be like, oh, okay, okay, I guess we're going over here now. Like, that, right? Okay, I guess this circumstance is happening. I didn't plan it, but I'm glad I'm following the Spirit who knows how to navigate this new thing right um so i don't mean it as a pithy coffee cup muggets am i genuinely seeking first what my heavenly dad has today right now in this moment and he will he will take care of all these things that i'm struggling with will my daughter graduate high school on time (laughs) will my will my job uh, be able to pay financially for the needs of my family? Will this medical condition, um, will it overwhelm us? And wh- whatever the thing is, right? Um, seek first the kingdom of heaven. And all of these things will be resolved. Uh, God will address all of these things. Um, our responsibility is to go to him, right? Boldly. Go boldly before the throne of grace. Uh, like a little kid busting in the door. <laughs> boldly. Into the throne of grace. Um, <clears throat> anything else? Yeah, I think that's on a good thought. So, so um, should we pray for was, dreams? Yeah, yeah, I was actually just going to ask, do you mind praying for people? And I think dreams, but also more... With that prayer, praying along what you were talking about of um, how to not to be overwhelmed by the circumstance and mm-hmm. that surrender to God, you know. <clears throat> Father, I thank you that um, you desire to draw close to us, and I pray that each and every one of us will draw close to you. Mm-hmm. We may not forsake that. Um, that pull that we have towards you. I pray that we may prioritize it and treasure it and that as we get closer to you and start to hear your heart and hear your words and hear mm-hmm. your thoughts, that we may allow ourselves to dream, dream with you, allow your dreams to become our own. And Lord, I pray for those of us who are in the middle of our dreams that... um they might be harder than we thought they'd be, or they might not have fleshed out the way that we've thought they should. I pray, Lord Jesus, that you may allow us to go back to you with them, to seek your heart, to seek your encouragement, even if it looks like a desperate plea for mercy or encouragement, whatever it looks like, I pray that we may draw you back into those dreams because um, without you, we can do nothing. 
we can do nothing without you. And, and I think so many times in myself, I was when I find myself just in desperation that it's because I haven't allowed you to be part of the moment, part of the reality, part of the very real day that I'm in the middle of. And so I pray that we may remember that you want to be part of it. You want to be in the nitty gritty, in the small choices, in the small annoyances, in the, the daily anxiety. You want to be pulled in to be peace, to be direction, to be hope. You want to be all those things to us. So I pray that we may invite you back into those streams. Lord, I thank you for the personal relationship that you have invited us into with you. We love you so much. Amen. Amen. Hey, thanks, babe. Yeah. I appreciate it. This was fun. <laughs> <laughs> <Indeed>. Okay. <laughs> Goodbye.